What is up, Internet? Welcome to the Self-Defense from All Angles podcast, the podcast where we try to expand the conversation around self-defense. My name is Randy King. I'm the owner of 8020 Conflict Management Strategies. This week, we talked to Jordan Doby. Jordan is a local kickboxing and boxing amateur fighter who has done very well. She's won the Muay Thai World Championship. She's a Golden Gloves amateur boxer, and she goes over a bunch of her journey. We talk about gaining respect in a sport that is mostly male-dominated. We talk about the cultural differences between Muay Thai and boxing. We discuss why she decided to switch from Muay Thai to boxing and the purpose of the change and how it's benefiting her going forward. And of course, as always, we have a Patreon portion where Jordan tells us a story. If you go over to patreon.com slash Randy King Live at the $5 level, you can hear Jordan's story on her first fight. She describes how her nerves were, how the fight went, and all the things she thought she could do different and change. It's a very interesting story, especially if you are looking to compete or you have competed you can learn a lot from this. So check out this episode. Jordan is a fantastic human being. I highly recommend you share this episode. Jordan is phenomenal. If you, your organization or company is looking for more information surrounding proactive self-defense in order to improve the safety and quality of your workplace, you can get a hold of us at 8020 Conflict Management Strategies for workshops, keynote speeches, or any other training that may help you and your people stay safe. Now let's get to the show. All right, everybody. For we have for the first time on this show on Self Defense All Angles, my friend Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being on the show. The mm-hmm. point of this podcast is to try to reconnect with that and tell show the listeners that there's people who aren't trained, not you, but some people that are not trained that can defend themselves at all points in time. So, uh, yeah. Jordan, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So I'm currently a amateur boxer. I formerly competed in amateur Muay Thai. Not to go into too much detail but I've had a very successful career in the Muay Thai like I've competed at nationals twice gold and silver I was the only female representative of the WK team Canada where just before the pandemic we traveled to Poland and I got to compete in like two different fight disciplines right glory rules Muay Thai and full rules Muay Thai and I got gold in both of those pandemic hit and I transitioned into amateur boxing and been very successful in that so far so I got two gold medals at two major highly recognized tournaments and hoping to kind of elevate my career and keep going forward with that and one of those is a golden gloves right I saw on your Instagram you have like a golden gloves that's pretty cool Golden gloves it's very, it's very cool. Yeah, that's a very good one to have on my record right now. Golden Gloves is like to the normal person, like a black belt for other arts, right? People know that Golden Gloves, it's a pretty recognized thing, right? In, in the boxing community, it is. Yeah, there's bronze gloves, which is kind of like the novice level. And then you go up to silver gloves and then you go up to golden gloves, which is more the more experienced, higher level tournament, I'd say. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. We're going to talk all about that for sure in the show. Okay. So listeners, don't worry, we're not going to cut her off here, but we do have a format sort of first question we always ask our guests is what is your definition of self-defense i'd say it's just knowledge and knowledge and knowing that there is dangers out there and having that knowledge and i guess being proactive in a way so knowing that there is potential dangers or harms out there that you may come in contact with and just having the knowledge and the awareness 
yes being aware that something could potentially happen at any given moment and being prepared for that i couldn't have coached you better with buzzwords so we <laughs> teach proactive uh, educational based self-defense skills exactly what you just said there so mm-hmm. that's a great definition i think but of course i'm biased that's my definition as yeah. well going forward with this then what are some things you wish more people knew about self-defense especially like from your reality being a being a woman being in combat sports like what are some things you wish more people knew well for me i've always noticed that anytime i'm walking alone somewhere for example is like i'm always i take away any form of distractions like i'm always aware of like who's around me what buildings and corners like i'm just always watching and scanning kind of thing but i'm not like paranoid looking around like i just have it in the back of my mind to like just be alert and i've noticed that a lot of women in general i don't feel like they have that alertness or that awareness when they're walking in certain areas so i guess that's a big one for me. So you are arguably highly trained. You've been training for a while. You went from Thai boxing to boxing. I do want to talk about that transition as well. You're a highly trained person. Has the physical training made you pay less attention to those other skills? Like before the training, it hasn't. Are you still equally aware as you were before you trained? I'm more aware now. Actually. You're more aware now. Go on. I'd say I'm, I'm more aware. Yeah. Like I, I'd say before when I was kind of less trained, I wasn't, or I wasn't as alert as I am now, but now I, I'm more aware. Right. Why do you think the shift? I just have more, more knowledge. I just have more knowledge of the strengths. I'm in the gym all the time. So I I see like the physical strengths between men and women. And, you know, I'm immersed in that all the time. So I just have more knowledge of dangers that are out in the public. And I think this is one of the things, especially because this show was like an entry-level podcast for people looking to get into self-defense. A golden gloves, multiple medals, two different striking disciplines. I'm sure I don't ever want to get hit by you ever, but... (laughs) That hasn't changed the, the need for the awareness. So learning the physical skills didn't put those proactive skills aside. In fact, as you said, it made it made them become the forefront because through competition, you've seen the difference between men and women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten more confident, I guess, when I'm right. walking around, like I'm still alert, mm-hmm. but I'm more confident in if I was ever confronted with a situation, I'd be more confident in how I deal with it. Love that whole talk because I think it's really important as people, and this is one of my gripes, Jordan's on my social media. If you're on my social media, obviously I bitch about this stuff literally all the time. I can't agree more that I think people feel that they learn how to punch or learn how to throw a kick or choke, that they don't need to use these other skills. At least that's the response I'm getting. And I don't want to get too segmented here. Yeah. When I speak to women who are training like yourself, I get a very similar answer. When I speak to men, they use it almost as well I can punch and kick so I can do whatever the hell I want I'm like what a weird what a weird disconnect that's yeah that's a weird way to look at it for me I, I don't know that almost <laughs> seems like just doesn't seem like I don't agree with that I don't agree with that yeah. right no I, I'm same way I t- definitely don't agree with it yeah so let's let's talk about your journey the word journey so pop let's talk about your journey through combat sports so you yeah. started in Muay Thai yeah. how did you enjoy that what what do you think the biggest benefits of Muay Thai were for you personally on both like a personal development and and a self-defense well I actually started Muay Thai for self-defense that was like the main reason why I started it on a personal level I benefited from Muay Thai in a way because I didn't have a whole lot of confidence like I was always it's hard for me to kind of like go back to the beginning because it was such a long time ago and like I'm such a different person now than 
when I first started Muay Thai. But like, I just remember being very shy, quiet, and like avoided confrontation, avoided talking to people in general. And I think Muay Thai gave me a lot of the skills to gain a lot of confidence and make me realize that I was I was a lot stronger than what I originally thought that I, I was. Muay Thai kind of built like baseline and elevated me to pretty much become a whole different person, so to speak. Right realize that hey I'm a lot stronger than I think I am I'm carry a different kind of confidence now than when I first started and like I'm basically a whole different person so that's like the personal development part of it and I guess that's kind of ties into like the physical development part of it too because like I said I started it because I wanted to learn self-defense because I started to, like I was in a situation where I realized oh crap do not know how to defend myself if I was ever in a specific situation so that's what started that whole journey from there. So that's very interesting. I think women are not a monolith. Everybody don't at me, but I think in a lot of cases, a lot of women who get into like eventually going to combat sports started from kind of that point of, oh, I can't, you know, defend myself. And hopefully it comes from a place of contemplation, not a place of experience. Uh, unfortunately it does yes. sometimes come from a place of experience where people have gone through something horrific and they want to switch up, right? That's when mm -hmm. I had KPC self-defense. That was like most of our clients, right? They came yeah. in, something yeah. bad happened. How do we fix this? You started taking it for self-defense and then clearly you fell in love with it, mm -hmm. right? Did you fall in love with it? It's so hard to explain because I think martial arts, and this is the thing I want people to understand is it sounds like I'm always picking on martial arts and I'm not. What mm -hmm. I'm picking on is people saying they're doing one thing or actually doing something totally different. A sport coach saying they're teaching self-defense when they're just teaching sport rules, it just isn't, it's disingenuous. Mm -hmm. There's so much cool stuff that comes from martial arts. What were like the biggest, what were the first things you noticed when you went into Muay Thai that changed in your attitude, etc.? It's confidence. That's really right. the confidence thing of it. Like you said, it's hard for me to put into words because everyone has their own different reason why they started it. Some people are just starting for fun and, and some people went through a, a situation, so to speak. For me, like there was just like I started it for the specific reason and then I fell in love with it because like I said, it's hard to put into words, but there was just like this, something clicked where I'm like, I kind of found what like I'm meant to do. Like it just right. felt like so natural with it. I've done so many sports before and like nothing gave me that, like that click or that feeling where I'm like, right. oh crap, like nothing's going to take me away from the sport now. Like I was just instantly hooked. So I think I kind of strayed away from what your question was. No, that's totally fine. That's actually yeah. a great, that's, that's a great answer. So okay. What, what were some of the hardest hurdles for you going through this? So you're in the same city I'm in. We have a very predominantly male group of people and a very predominantly large mixed martial arts scene, which yeah. imports people from other cities that have that same kind of thought process, right? So there's a lot of, there's so many cool instructors here because people flew in from other parts of the country or the world because the MMA scene in Edmonton was huge. Was there any hurdles? Was it smooth sailing? Was there any things you had to like get through? Like I remember one of my clients, we first started training with me, he, he had the bad draw that he, it was him and like a platoon of army dudes at the same class and he was just like some like regular like a literally an accountant not like an only fans accountant wink but an accountant and yeah. uh he he was he freaked out every day he's like i don't belong here blah 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 did you experience any of that it wasn't easy like <laughs> fair. i want to say that it was an easy journey to get here but it, it really wasn't so i've had my fair share of like you said i'm i'm in a male dominated sport mm -hmm. and for the majority of my training career I was the only female in all the classes, you know, there'd be a couple girls here and there, but no one on the, like, I was always 
train with the high level fighters and high level athletes. So for about the first five years or so, I was getting my ass beat by men every single day. <laughs> like, right. Just to, not to like sound so harsh with it, but like I still kept showing up every day. For me, being a, a woman, I always felt that I had to like show up every single day and I had to put 500% effort into every single class because I always felt like because I was a woman that I wasn't taken as seriously right. and kind of felt this like, you know, I have to prove myself every single day in order to get the respect from the guys because, you know, it's a male sport. So I always made a point to try and be the hardest worker in the room, even awesome. if I wasn't, even if, you know, I was getting outworked, I was still trying and I feel like that's what kind of set me apart and it took until very recently where I feel like I finally got the respect and like that people are now realizing like oh like she's actually legit and she's not going anywhere like I'm here to stay that respect aspect I feel like hasn't come until like very very recently oh and you know I've been in martial arts for now almost nine years Jeez. so like it's been a long journey of like just always feeling like like I said I've always had to just put in extra effort and always had to show up over 100% every single day to the point where you know I'm I'm dying but I'm still showing up and I'm still trying and now I finally like got the respect from people that I feel like I deserve Right. And you feel that other people who put in, I would argue, less work probably got respect quicker than you did because of their gender. Yeah, that's how I feel. It may not be the actual right answer, but that's how I felt. So I don't think there's a right answer here at all. But I think it's important to note that because in my opinion, at least there's a lot of and I'm a dude. So I'm gonna pick on dudes. There's a lot of fragile male ego out there. And yes, <laughs> yes. and yeah. if if I saw somebody who's outworking me, male or female, but I would I would assume even worse as a female, uh, it would be it would be hard for me to deal with. So I would I would be harder on them. I would make them work harder. I would put extra pressure. Did you feel like teammates constantly kind of testing you in a yeah. different way than they would other people? I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah, and not to like I don't want to like throw anyone under the the bus because I've had amazing teammates that right. I train with that are like they're all phenomenal. The ones that train with me for a long time, like I have so much respect for them. But I did. I did feel like sometimes when it's more the people that I barely train with or didn't really know or didn't train with often, mm -hmm. they were the ones that if I landed either a good shot in sparring, it was almost like it turned into a fight. Right. Like I just felt like they turned it up and then I got turned it up. Right. And it's just like this constant we're turning up because like I said, it's a it's an ego thing. And I think that comes with a lot of the unexperienced where you know it's hard for them to be like oh i just got punched really hard or a clean shot by a girl and they feel like that should never happen you know so it's there's been a few incidents where things have gotten heated to the point where it almost to me felt like a real fight well and i think that's interesting so one of the things we used to say is there is no gym belt right mm -hmm. so when you're training and sparring it's not like some people they think it's a fight they think that's the win right so they're going hard and you're like this is round like I have 500 rounds for my real fight. This is just me working on this or that. But uh -huh. some people in the gym culture, they think that this is like, this is where they get their ego from, right? Is, oh, I'm the best. I'm the gym dominant person. I'll never compete, but I beat everybody up in the gym, which is yeah. an interesting thought process. Our theory always was the only place you're allowed to lose is in the gym, right? You're supposed mm -hmm. to try new stuff when you're supposed Last question I want to ask you about you being a lady, and then we're going to move on to Axel's regular questions, is did... <sighs> 
you have, you are very, you're very decorated for what you've been doing. And you say nine years, and I know to a lot of people, especially for new to this, that sounds like a long time. It's really not a long time, right? Like I've been training since I was 10 and I have less medals than Jordan does. So like this is, you've accomplished a lot over nine years. Do people treat your medals as equal to a male's medal or have you felt they're like oh yeah well it's like the ladies division so really it's not like a golden gloves or whatever like have you run into any of that actually no i haven't that's good i haven't um well i'm only speaking for like the boxing like very recently because that's just what's fresh in my memory but boxing no like a lot of since i started with boxing i've gotten so much like respect from everyone for my wins and everything so I I have not experienced that recently and I can't recall of anything in the past currently that is awesome excited to hear that do you find the culture in boxing and Muay Thai different is the boxing culture more welcoming they're very different I wouldn't say one is more welcoming than the other I found that boxing is more serious athletes so to speak like every single like every single gym I've been to in the box community insanely welcoming everyone wants to be friends with everyone and everyone's like respects everyone even though they know that hey I could potentially fight you in the future but we're all I've noticed it's very it's very friendly and everyone respects everyone and you know the gyms all train together they all you know have sparring days at each gym oh cool and whereas the Muay Thai community seem very like spread out and no one kind of commingled with anyone a whole lot and um, like I said in boxing I just feel like all the athletes are more serious with their goals and their training they take it seriously and even when it comes to sparring like I've haven't run into a situation in boxing where the guys have their their high egos. Like there, there's no egos in boxing that I've experienced so far. Wow. Do you think that's because there's a much clearer path to monetary gain in boxing than there is in, in Muay Thai in North America? Like, because boxing, there's so much, like even UFC people to boxing, like the amount of money boxers make compared to that is, is considerably higher and it's more established. Do you think that is mm-hmm. part of the reason why they're taking it more seriously? Because they actually have a path that they can go down and this isn't the peak of their career? That could be actually, that's a good point. I've never put much thought into it, but that could be it. Because like I said, there's not a lot of, there's no clear path in Muay Thai for right in Alberta or in Canada. There is, it's very like, you don't know, you know, whereas boxing, there's so many cards that like every weekend, there's a boxing card going on. There's so many tournaments, the path is kind of laid out for you to go on. Yeah. So I'd say that's probably plays a factor. So I guess maybe you already answered this secondhandedly collaterally, but why the switch from Muay Thai to boxing? So you mentioned you did it over the pandemic. Did that have an effect on it? Also, because I do follow you, I'm a fan. Like I said, I noticed you have a, you have a coach that you were with primarily. Yeah. so uh, this is like three questions. I'm going to try to ask them one at a time. So I don't like just flood you because I'm, I'm just so excited to talk to you. So yeah. um, first question, why the switch from Muay Thai to boxing? Many reasons. Number one was the, the career path. I've been working for so long to figure out kind of like my end goals. And I have a specific end goal that I want to achieve. So I had to lay out the path to get there. And there was no path in Muay Thai. There was no options for me to go anywhere. So that's why I made this the switch to boxing because you know women's boxing it's still on the rise it's still not really known but it's more established than women's muay thai mm-hmm. and as sad as that of a reality as that is there's just a higher chance for me to actually make a career in boxing than there is in muay thai currently right so that's one reason the second reason is coach sterling you know he's 73 years old now and i was always on the fence of like 
like punching for Muay Thai. Like I always kind of, there's certain Muay Thai styles where there's a lot of people that more like the clinch. There's a lot of people that prefer to kick more. And then there's my style where I like to punch more than I like to kick. Okay. So I've always been curious about boxing. And it wasn't until I met Coach Sterling where he kind of, he planted the seed a little bit and made me realize that like, if I wanted to, I could actually be successful in boxing. Right. And this is coming from a guy who's been in the boxing industry for over 60 years and has trained mainly men his entire career. I'm the first female that he's actually committed to training. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, you ask someone like him back in, you got to think like at his age and the generation that he grew up through, it was all men. And if you would have asked him, when he was 20 years old, oh, do you ever see yourself training a woman when you're older? Guaranteed would have said no. So like to have him tell me that it's a possibility was like, really? Like that just means so much to me. And Coach Sterling is like, we built this like student teacher relationship that is so hard to find. Like a lot of students will like try and find like the right trainer for them that they just like click with, right? And so Sterling like knows I just feel like he knows me and he understands me as a person and me as a fighter. And that's such a hard thing to find. So I made this decision where if I want to do boxing, I only want him to be my coach. And it was kind of like now or never, because he's at that age where he's starting to coaching days are getting smaller and smaller. So I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm just going to do it now. And I'm only going to do it if a coach Sterling is my coach. It just happened. The I had one fight, one last fight in Muay Thai, and literally seven days later, that pandemic hit and everything shut down. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time. I'm just gonna switch right now. Like, why not? When the pandemic hit, you know, all the gyms closed. All I had, I hung up. I streamed like three empty tires together, hung them up on a dingy little like engine stand in uh, my backyard, and I just was punching tires. And that's all I had to do or all I could do, right? During that time, like Coach Sterling was the only one that was calling, texting me and like making sure that I was still training. And, you know, he was asking, what am I working on? And he was giving me things to work on. So like at that time, I didn't decide I wanted to move to boxing, but like his efforts in like calling me and making sure I was still working also played a factor in my decision to switch. That's awesome. So that was even my question, uh, the pandemic training. So you, during the pandemic, that's when you decided to make a move to boxing. And it was, it sounds like to just paraphrase that coach Sterling was a big part of that, right? He kept you going during the yeah. pandemic. So you had that source, that like accountability where a lot of us, and this guy included kind of got lazy during it. Right. There was some yeah. like depressional crap that happened and all that stuff during the pandemic, but you had this touch point to keep you going and you still work with coach Sterling, obviously, because I see he's all over your Instagram. Yeah. Obviously it's working out really well because you, you, you've competed with him as your coach. You're doing well. I have to get a, another person a shout out. And cause he's part of the team too, is my boyfriend, Mike, him and coach Sterling both were coach Sterling was calling me and making sure that I was working, but also Mike was the one who would be like, okay, let's like go meet in the park and hit pads. Like he also put in the effort and made sure I was doing stuff too. You mentioned the major reason you left Muay Thai was there was no goal path. What is your goal path? Like, what are your dreams in this, in this space? Well, I want to get as much experience in the amateurs as I can. And I want to transition into pro boxing and compete more on the world stage, test my skills at the highest level and see where I can go from there. 
So this is like, this is your job. This is your career path. You are a boxer. You are living the boxing life. There's Rocky montages of you happening all the time. Yeah, this is, this is my life. I don't do anything else, but, but boxing and anything I do in between is always something that benefits for boxing. Right. And if there's, we're going to get to like the promo train in a second, but if you want to feel lazy, follow Jordan on Instagram. And watch her sprint up hills and stairs daily and be like, oh, I guess I don't need that extra nacho or whatever I was going to do because <laughs> you're putting up constant, like, I don't know if you're doing it on purpose, if you're documenting your journey, you're trying to be motivational, but both things are happening, right? You're, you're showing your journey, you're, you're doing the work, but also I can't even imagine like you are such a shining beacon for a generation of younger women who like, cause you're, you're the one cutting the path you're going and you're doing the stuff and you're fighting battles that maybe they might not need to fight because you've done it before. Right. So I think yeah. that's super awesome. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Jordan, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow Jordan, obviously. And obviously, jump over to randykinglive.com. Plus, we'll be doing the Patreon portion of this next. So we're going to have Jordan over behind the paywall, patreon.com slash randykinglive. We're going to do the one-up story or a life lesson that the person wants to give. I have no idea what Jordan's going to tell us over there. I'm sure it's going to be great. So don't forget to join us over there for extra content on everything, including all my old podcasts. So all my talking to savages are on there. All the devil's advocate. Everything is there if you're missing it. Cause I know people are complaining that the other show was over, even though nobody was listening to it anymore. So if you want to listen to it, feel free to jump over there. Jordan, why don't you let people where they can find you? Find me on Instagram. My personal page is at jordan.doby. I also have a separate boxing page, which is like for all my clients and I coach small group classes and one-on-ones. So that would be on Instagram at the JDoby box. So, so yeah, follow those. That's where you'll find me. Um, my personal page is where I mainly post all my, my personal training, stairs, running, all that kind of stuff. All my personal page. It's awesome. I highly recommend following her. Obviously, I wouldn't have had her on the show if I didn't think you should follow her. All right, we're going to jump over to the Patreon portion of this. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, do all the internet stuff. Like, subscribe, share. Also, if you have two minutes, please put a review of the show on wherever you listen to this. Reviews are so unnecessarily needed. They're they're just, they're so important to get this out there. And I really want to keep this format going because we're having such important, interesting conversations with people that aren't just experts talking to ex- experts or podcast hosts talking to podcast hosts, which seems to be most of these shows lately. So we're trying to actually talk to people that have different views on this. So don't forget, join us on Patreon and we'll talk to you all next week. 